Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You threw four touchdowns. Evan Royster was all over the field, and Penn State ultimately won the game, I believe, 35-21, and it's Joe's 400th win. So as you get subbed into this game, Beaver Stadium's going nuts. The stakes of the game are there. What is Matt McGloin thinking? Is he going, oh, no, <laughs> like, or is he going like, oh, yes, like, let's do this? He's thinking it can't get much worse than that right now. It's 21 nothing, man. Oh, pay dirt, pay dirt. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Pay Dirt Podcast. I'm Tom Hannafin. He is Matt McGloin, and it has been an interesting week uh, in Penn State football altogether. We have a lot that we want to get to here uh, on this episode. Uh, Matt and I are going to take a little walk down memory lane. We're going to take you all back to 2010 when both Matt and I were in school, and Matt was uh, the quarterback of Joe Paterno's 400th win. So we're going to dive into that. Also, uh, Brandon Smith announcing he signed with Rock Nation Sports more into the NIL debate, which Matt and I got into last week. Um, Sean Clifford was named on ESPN's list of college football 25 most important players to watch this season. We'll get into that. Um, we're going to talk about some of the position battles that we've touched on the last couple of weeks, specifically running back, wide receiver, defensive back. We're going to get Matt's opinion on who's emerging in those different races. Um, I want to talk about Will Levis uh, going viral, former Penn State quarterback, now Kentucky Wildcats quarterback. So we have a lot to get to here. Uh, Matt, before we go any further, I do want to give um, our, our sympathy and our support for two uh, two people in the Penn State family. One, uh, a five-star verbal commit for the class of 2022, Danny Dennis Sutton, sustained a uh, an injury, dislocated his elbow 10 plays into his senior year, according to his Twitter. So we hope the best for him that he's able to play out his senior year. That's so important for so many high school athletes, uh, regardless of what you're doing with your career beyond high school. So we wish the best for uh, Dennis Sutton, and hopefully we'll see him in a Lions uniform. Um, and he goes from a verbal commit to an actual commit. So that'd be good. We're going to get back to Pater in just a second, but I want to deliver this important message because if you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the championship, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So, before the next big game, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And also, uh, Matt, I know you'll agree with this. Some love to the way of Trace McSorley, uh, your quarterback brethren from Penn State, sustained a back injury this week and is expected to miss the rest of the Ravens preseason. So um, I love the way the Ravens put together their quarterback room, dude, because it's like it's built around Lamar Jackson. And then I believe they have uh, Tyler Huntley, the the Utah guy, as the backup. And then Trace McSorley, they're all the same type of athlete. And Trace looked pretty good last season. 
Right. Well, that's what's so important about being in the NFL, especially playing the quarterback position, Tom. It's finding places and organizations that you fit into well and where you can have the most success as a quarterback. What offense you know, will you succeed in? And you know, right, they, they do it the right way. I mean, there's a lot of teams like that. But, but going back to his injury, man, you know, it's so tough when you get hurt in preseason, you know, at any position, not just quarterback time, you have to be available, right? You're only valuable in the NFL when you're available, right? I, I hated going into the training room. So I don't know if you heard, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. I was reading a press release about how he started taking a pH balancing alkaline supplement called Balance 7, and that's what has helped him bounce back from his hospitalization in 2015. He even said, quote, I have an enormous amount of energy, which is good for me. It's important when working out. I always need energy to level up. Couldn't agree more with Lamar, and after watching him fight Aaron Carter in July's celebrity boxing match, I think it's safe to say that Balance 7 is working for him. Cool thing is we've got a promotion running with Balance 7 right now, where if you go to their website, balance7.com, and use the code BELIEVE at checkout, you'll receive a free 4-ounce bottle of My Smooth Skin with any purchase of Balance 7 products. That product retails at $13.99, so I'd say it's worth it. Again, head to balance7.com and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout to get in on the promotion. I know I will. If it worked for him, it can work for you, too. Like, I, I wouldn't know they get taped. You know what I mean? That yeah. was it. Like, I never wanted to be labeled as a training room guy. Like, you just, you, you, you don't ever want that to be a part of your name as somebody who's always in the training room, somebody who's always injured, you know, anything like that. So it's tough, man. You got to, you know, and if it's nothing serious, you know, you just, you do your best to play through it. I'm, I remember, Tom, uh, I think it was 2016, of last preseason game of, of, of the year. And uh, we had just, I was with Oakland, I was Derek's backup at the time. We had just drafted Connor Cook. Uh, quarterback from Michigan State, like in the fourth round, I think they drafted him. So, you know, obviously I was competing for my job, um, you know, all throughout training camp. So I took, I, I took a hit. I got a hit pointer in like the fourth preseason game, man. Mm. And uh, I was like, I was determined that it was not going to keep me out. So like the whole week of practice, dude, and I, I, I'm, I'm not a medicine guy. You know what I mean? I don't like to take medicine or anything like that. The whole week of practice, I'm just loading up my hip with like atomic bomb. Like that real, like, you know what I mean? Like that, that, yeah, I'm just, I never use that. Oh dude. It's like, it's just real hot. Like it just takes like the pain away. It's just like an ointment. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't last, (laughs) but I thought, I thought if I just kept putting enough of it on that, I'd be able to get through practice throughout the whole week and make it, you know, to, to, uh, you know, the first week of the season without missing practice and still being able to play dude. Little did I know, Tom, that as the days went on and the more of that stuff I put on, like the worse the, the skin on my hip got so by the end of the week dude my uh, hip was covered my hip was covered in blisters oh god <laughs> yeah dude but that's what i'm saying like you try you do everything you can just yeah. so you you can practice every day and be available man right but uh yeah it, dude it, it's a crazy business but again hopefully he's okay hopefully 
you know, he can bounce back and, and suit up and play, man, because you don't, you don't ever want to miss time, Tom. You don't ever want to do that. Yeah. And, and we love, we love Trace. Uh, yourself, Trace McSorley, uh, Daryl Clark, uh, some of my personal favorites at quarterback. So all the best to Trace. Um, while we're going down memory lane, I'm going to go in a less gross direction if you're all right with that. So I kind of <laughs> mentioned it um, a second ago. So uh, we touched on this before, but both you and I were in school at about the same time you graduated to. 2012 because you're extending your football career obviously i was done in 2011 as a uh, as a communication student got my broadcast journalism degree and one thing that i think was so cool uh, at that time is that again you operated in two very different worlds when it comes to penn state football you were under bill o'brien of course uh, in your best st- uh, statistical season and then prior to that you were coached by the legendary Joe Paterno. So I wanted to ask you what it was like playing for Joe and then just what was it like being around Joe? Yeah. Uh, well, obviously just kind of being in his presence was just the, you always just had to be alert. You know what I mean? Because for somebody that was as old as he was, you know, especially, you know, in the first few years I was at Penn state playing for him and he covered some ground at practice. Like he'd be on the defensive field and then all of a sudden there he is on the offensive side of the ball, man. You know what I mean? He moved so well for a guy that was, you know, 80 years old or or whatever he was at the time when I was at Penn State, Tom. And, you know, you don't, you know, I'll I'll start with this about some uh, memories I've had playing for Joe, you know, know, sitting here today and looking back on it, you know, it's kind of sad in a way, just because when I got there in 2008, he was, you know, that energetic guy coaching up players as much as he can, moving really well, offensive field, defensive field, just getting around at practice. And then by 2011, you know, he was kind of in the golf cart a lot. You know, a few times during training camp, he, he cut practice short. You know, I don't know if it, because it was too hot for him or, or, or whatever it was, just because, you know, if he couldn't, you know, last the two and a half or three hours at practice, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what it was, but it, it, it was sad just, you know, seeing someone's health decline like that over the years, man. But, uh, you know, looking back, I have a, a lot of funny stories just kind of being around Joe, man. I, my favorite memory, actually, I probably have two, you know, that, that come to mind right now. The, uh, the, the first one was, uh, it, it was my freshman year, man. So I'm red shirt, you know, I, I have you know no idea, you know, what to expect on game day or anything like that. And it was one of the first games of the year. And, uh, they gave me this job of like writing the plays down as, as they were called into the headset. It's just busy work, you know, for, for a new quarterback. So I'm standing there on the sideline and, you know, Joe's pacing up and down the sideline as he does. Right. Uh, and I look down and he's got those old Nikes on. Uh, and I look down and like his shoes untied. <laughs> so I'm looking at the shoelace and it's like these big, long shoelaces, man. And it's untied. I'm thinking to myself, like, does anybody see this? Does anybody see what's going on here? The shoe is untied. Right. You, know, you don't I'm want him pray- to hurt himself. Yeah. I'm praying. I'm praying he doesn't fall. I'm, I'm praying he doesn't step on the shoelace and falls on national television or anything like that. So finally, I say to him, I'm like, uh, hey, coach, uh, you know, I just want to let you know your shoe's untied. And Tom, I, this is probably the first time I ever talked to him. You know, I don't even think he knew who I was at, at this point. Uh, so I'm like, coach, your shoe's untied. He's like, uh, he looks down and he looks at me and he's like, I, I, I can't, I can't bend over to tie it. And like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you got to be kidding me here. So I go, uh, coach, do you want me to tie your shoe? And he like, he looks down, he's like, yeah, yeah. 
So middle of the game, Tom, national televised game, I'm there. I bend over. I'm on one <laughs> knee and I'm tying Joe's shoe on the sideline. I'm thinking to myself, like, this is going to be all over the news. This is going to be a big thing. And it wasn't, dude. But thank God, like right. Twitter, thank God Twitter wasn't around back then or else that, that video you know, probably would have been all over the place, man. But it's just, oh it's again, God. dude, it, it, I mean, it was, it was awesome to play for him, man. He was just, again, awesome to be around and, you know, you know, how much, you know, coaching he really did back then at that stage in his career, you know, you know, wasn't a ton time, but you know, what, what, what I got from him was more life lessons than anything. Right. I mean, to this day, I'm never late for anything, right? Always show up early Tom. Like I'd rather wait for you than have you wait for me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, uh, you know, you knew everybody on the team knew that if you didn't go to class and you weren't on track to graduate, you weren't going to play. Right. So, you know, and everybody just, you know, bought into that system, man. Um, so look, it, it was, it was fantastic to play for him for four years and then I have, to have, you know, to play for Bill for my fifth and final year, man. But, you know, for you as a student, you know, kind of talk me through, you know, what you were going through in the stands, watching Joe on the sideline, being there, you know, for your whole career and, and, and having him as the coach there. Yeah, we all saw, you know, as anybody at that age, the deterioration and, you know, Joe was beloved. So you just wanted the best for him. And I'm blanking on the year when, do you remember when he had uh, like a player run into him during a game and it kind of hyperextended his knee? I forget what game it was. I can see him in my mind's eye. And I remember the player just being like, oh my God, I injured Joe Paterno. And I think it like broke part of his leg, like to a degree that uh, Joe had to be in the box for a number of games would had to have driven him crazy. Do you remember that? I think that that was a few years before I got there, I think. Yeah, and I think it was against Wisconsin, if I remember correctly. I think it was Wisconsin. I'm blanking on the player, and I'm sure that person would prefer we not bring up their name, and I'm sure it'll come to me. But um, yeah, that was kind of something that we knew, like, okay, that would slow down anybody at that age. And Joe just had this tireless energy, be charging up the sidelines. I always appreciated about him that he never wore a headset, because that's comes become so common just for the sake of communication. And I was like, not like him like and the late Bobby Bowden as well no headset. They don't want to hear from everybody else. They're like, no, they're in their own world and they're planning things out. And they're the, the, the generals at play, so to speak. But, um, the one thing that I really loved, uh, being in attendance for granted, I've been to so many Penn state games over the years as a fan, when I was a student, especially, um, I attended Joe's 400th win, which was in 2010 at home against Northwestern. Um, and there's a funny juxtaposition here in that, um, well, I don't remember much of the day. I'll put it that way. <laughs> um, going to the game was so much fun. It was November. It was cold. Um, you did not start that game. In fact, it was Rob Bolden. And the only way I remember that name, a outside of Googling it, is that all the audio I have from when I worked for uh, the student radio at Penn State um, from the 2009 season was a game I called at Kinnick against Iowa. And Rob Bolden was the quarterback. And if I didn't have that audio tape, dude, I wouldn't remember it. So it's like <laughs> Rob had an unforgettable run, uh, a forgettable run. Excuse me. No disrespect to Rob, but that's the truth. So you sub in in the Northwestern game. We didn't know a whole lot about you as fans. So you were probably booing me, Tom. You were probably booing no, me, I, Tom. No, I, I genuinely wasn't. <laughs> and again, I'm not trying to be mean to Rob Bolden, but like Rob wasn't doing that great. So naturally, the backup quarterback is the savior. So we're all pretty excited to be like, okay, like, let's see what he can do. So <laughs> for you, what was that like entering? Like you knew the stakes of that game for Joe. Yeah, well, what what helped, I think, was the week before I made my first start against Michigan. 
and that was a home game. It was a night game, whiteout, you know, ESPN. So we won that game. I played pretty well. So I think running out into the field uh, in the second quarter, <laughs> you know, I think the fans were behind me a little more than they were in the past. But I'm actually glad you brought up the 400th win because that that's kind of one of the other memories I have of Joe. And I have this awesome picture of Joe and I here, you know, again, where I record this down in my basement, I have this awesome picture here on the wall. Um, and it's during stretch and I'm stretching and, you know, Joe's got his hands on my shoulders and he's talking to me. Um, you know, and you know, he said, uh, he's like, cause I wasn't, again, I wasn't starting that game. So he goes to me, he goes, stay ready, kid. Okay. And like, he just shook his head and smiled. But like, it's, it's funny because it's like he knew, it's like he knew something special was going to happen that day. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it it was awesome, man. Like, it's just like in so many words, like, you know, he said so much, you know, with saying just a few words, man. And I've always felt like he had my back, you know, that he was always in my corner. And that was important to me, man, because like, again, not many people at the time wanted me to play or wanted me to be the guy there at Penn State. But I always felt like, he, he wanted me to be the starter there. And, you know, I think it's because I think I reminded him of the type of player that he was when he played at Brown, you know, just an undersized guy who wanted a chance to play, uh, never wanted to be counted out, man. So, uh, I mean, yeah, man, it was awesome. You know, um, again, and, you know, he, he believed in me. Yeah. So the game in particular, you sub in pretty early in the game. Penn State was down, if I remember correctly, 21 to seven and half to Northwestern. Dan Persa was unstoppable which great player is a he's sentence. a great player yeah yeah but like a sentence that in retrospect you're like dan persa like you know but yeah. like he was great that day um and as was the northwestern defense you threw four touchdowns evan royster was all over the field and penn state ultimately won the game i believe 35 21 and it's joe's 400th win so as you get subbed into this game beaver stadium's going nuts the stakes of the game are there what is matt mcgloin thinking is he going Oh no. <laughs> like, or is he going like, Oh yes. Like, let's do this. He's thinking it can't get much worse than that right now. It was 21, nothing man. And like, no pressure, no pressure whatsoever. We, we just couldn't do anything offensively. We got a quick, quick uh, score before halftime. You know, I think that, I think we scored like counting that drive. We scored five consecutive times on Northwestern who Northwestern's a fantastic team. They are year yeah. in and year out. They're so well coached, man. But like, you couldn't write it any better than that, man. And I remember, I remember having the football in my hand after that game, like the 400 football in my hand. Like we took the knee. Wow. I had the ball in my hand. Uh, like I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I should probably keep this. Uh, to this day, I wish I had it. I ended up, I ended up giving the football to Jay, Jay Paterno after the game, but, uh, I probably should have done that. I probably should have just kept it myself. I'd have given it to Joe. That's just me, but at least it yeah. made it to a family member. So that's good. But no, yeah. I could understand. Uh, it's like catching a home run ball from your favorite player or something like that. I, I, I get that. You wouldn't let go of that. So that's, that is a really cool memory. Uh, like I said, the day for me was foggy, but I clearly <laughs> remember being on pins and needles that entire game. I was there with my cousin, my family, and it was just, we were going absolutely nuts the whole game. And to pull that out was so special. You know what's so special about Beaver Stadium, Tom, is that, and again, I'm so happy that fans are back in back in stadiums this year. And what makes that place so special, man, whether whether you're a student or a coach or a player, whatever it may be, I feel like when you walk in there, it's like nothing exists outside of those walls. Because nothing does. It really, you know it I mean? really is it's, its just, own community. It's the yeah. third most populous city on a Saturday in Pennsylvania. So, I mean, it is uh, it is an empire unto itself on a Saturday. 
no, it's it's so special, man. It's uh, again, I, I'm just I'm really pumped. Not again, not just to see Penn State back, but see Camp Randall roll and to see Kinnick Stadium roll and to see the horseshoe. Uh, yeah, man. I, again, I'm excited. College football's back, man. Fans deserve this. Players deserve this. Everybody deserves this. Yeah. And considering uh, the state of COVID-19 and the pandemic, my hope, I know your hope is just that fans, players, coaches, staffs, everybody involved, just be as safe as possible um, and just you know take this one step at a time. Um, so let's go from the past to the present. We're talking about your quarterbacking experience. So why don't we talk about the starting quarterback for the Penn State Nittany Lions going into 2021, Sean Clifford. We've discussed him at length, uh, obviously, because he is such a hot button issue for this team. Um, interestingly enough, this past week on ESPN, Clifford was named uh, on their list of college football's 25 most important players this season. He was ranked, in fact, number eight on the list which is pretty fascinating. Um, He was also one of two players recognized on a portion of the list that was meant for quarterbacks who could make a game-changing leap. The other player, the other quarterback in that category, is a guy by the name of Spencer Rattler, who's the Oklahoma quarterback and a Heisman hopeful. So uh, what did you think about seeing Sean named this list and especially that company that he's keeping with Rattler? Well, first, I think when you look at like a guy like Spencer Rattler, I think he's important in a different way, right? Potential Heisman candidate, national title hopes, potentially beating the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Clemsons. Those are the expectations for Spencer Rattler in Oklahoma. That's why he's so important. He's probably the most recognizable player in college football today. Um, you know, that's where he fits into that category on the list of important players. He's much bigger than Oklahoma football right now. I think Sean Clifford's important and on that list, Tom, because Penn State's wins and losses depend on the way he plays week in and week out. They're not good enough to grind out victories this year. And talking about, you know, uh, the years I was at Penn State, Tom, they're not like that 2011 team that I was on that had that stellar defense that didn't give up many points, that it was tough to get first downs. It was tough to play or tough to get, uh, you know, long drives and and, and score on on that defense, right? They're, They're not built like that this year. He's important, Tom, because they have no one else to play quarterback. It's him. Um, you know, anything less than nine wins for this program this year is failing. And with the guidance of Mike Yurchich, I think I think Sean Clifford can make that jump to one of the better quarterbacks in all the Big Ten. I think James Franklin needs to stay out of the way and let those two guys work. Um, you know, right? If there's a fourth down decision, it's Mike Yurchich's call. If they're going for two points, it's got to be Mike Yurchich's call, right? You brought him in for a reason. Let him make big-time decisions. Um, and, and lastly, I think, could Sean Clifford and has Sean Clifford made the adjustments necessary to take that next step, right? He should have been similar to what you know I went through with Bill O'Brien in 2012. He's got to break himself down and build himself back up mentally and physically. No, no more dwelling on plays in the past. Turnovers are going to happen, but you got to limit them. You have to understand situational football, when it's time to take a shot, when it's time to check it down. You know, again, with Yurchitz being there, I, I think everything's in place for him to to play just as well, if not better, than he did in 2019. Mm. Yeah, Clifford, if, and that's a huge if, if he has a game-changing leap this season, maybe we wrap up 2021 saying Sean Clifford was the best quarterback in the Big Ten. I, I think Sean could have a good season. Um, I think a guy like Graham Mertz um, out of Wisconsin is probably the front runner there and inevitably Ohio State. I think C.J. Stroud is who they're liking uh, as the starting quarterback, but that seems to still be kind of an open competition, something Ryan Day is 
not really uh, publicizing exactly who he's going to put out there for for good reason. But well, Tom, uh, Tom, Tom, yeah. Tom, let me let me interrupt you here real quick. You know, talking about Sean Clifford, and look, I, I think he's the guy the whole entire year, regardless of how many games. You oh, win of course, or lose, I'm just right? saying I'm, he could be the best quarterback in the Big Ten. Yeah, absolutely. But that, that was my question to you. I was about to ask is if they start struggling, like, do you put him on a short leash? Like, like how, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I understand what you're saying. And uh, the guys backing him up are Taquan Robertson and Christian Villieu. Um, you have a good commitment for 2022 or recruit at least in, uh, in Drew Alar. So there's some guys coming down the pipe. But uh, to your point, I think you kind of got to ride him out. I don't know if Robertson is ready to be that guy. He would probably be the next guy up. And he's uh, it seems like a wildly talented athlete. He just hasn't had the reps. And it's something we've come back to. The 2020 season was kind of a wash just in terms of getting guys out there to see what they could do. Robertson's not had that opportunity yet. So you do not necessarily feel really confident about that. Personally, I feel like you got to ride it out with Clifford until the guy's out of, out of Penn State. But yeah. hopefully, and then all the motivation and everything coming out of camp thus far, sounds like he's in a good position with your sitch and company that... Hopefully this is a good season, so we'll just keep we'll just keep our fingers crossed, man. <laughs> yeah, with, with the way with the way last year was, right? You can't you, you can't have a year like that again, obviously, right? So there's mm-hmm. there really no there there can't be any experimenting with with quarterbacks behind Sean Clifford saying this guy could potentially be the guy one day. This guy could be a good quarterback one day. Yeah, it's it's him all the way, man. Yeah. Um, So I do want to cycle into some of the uh, key position battles, which will directly affect, uh, at least on the offensive side of the ball, how Sean Clifford performs this year. Um, You obviously have your finger on the pulse with everything going on with the Penn State football team. You do work for the Big Ten Network, Sirius XM. You work with the Penn State broadcast team at times. So who are you looking at in terms of running back, wide receiver, and then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, defensive back? Who are, who is winning those position battles that we've talked about over the last few weeks? All right. Well, let me start with the running back spot, and I'll, I'll start by saying this: Look, Yurchich's yards per attempt in his, in his offense this year—it's gonna be the highest or the second highest in the Big Ten, right? That's what he wants. He wants explosive plays in the pass game. But as much as this guy likes to throw the football, Tom, he's gonna run it. I mean, they ran the hell out of the football at Texas last year, um, you know. And I get it—you know, Big Ten run defense. Right. And the Big 12 run defense, obviously, it's not the same. We know that. But what I'm saying is that Mike Yurchich isn't just going to abandon the run game. And with this running back group, you, you really can't because of how talented they are. It looks like Noah Kane is fully healthy again. Obviously, he's had that ankle injury, but he's done some pretty good things when he's been on the football field. He's had a, he had a great 2019. I think he had back to back 100 yard games there. At one point during that year, I, I love the addition to John Lovett transferring him from Baylor. He's a downhill runner. He's a north-south guy, Tom. I think he compliments Noah Kane really well. Um, and I think he's comfortable playing in a system similar to to what Yurchich runs. And, you know, I, I thought Devin Ford has done some things in, in the past few years that, you know, uh, I think he could be better than people expect this year. Um, there's been flashes. Yeah, he, Devin. Yeah, Devin just can't seem to get consistent. And yeah. there's going to be the demons of the end of the Indiana game uh, from last season. You put that behind you. But if he can be consistent, and the same thing for the rest of the running back room, do you see Noah separating himself drastically from everybody else, or is it a three-four running back rotation? Well, yeah, that, and I'm getting there, right? Um, you know, with Devin Ford, John Lovett, Noah Kane. 
again, going back to Devin Ford, dude, he, he reminds me a little bit of Silas Red, a guy I played with at Penn State. Um, now, he may not have the extra gear right now that Silas had, um, but but again, he's a good solid back for your number three guy. <laughs> you know you know what I mean? And he's got good hands out of the backfield as well. I just hope he doesn't get buried down the depth chart that we don't see him every single week getting carries and getting reps. But I mean, even with you know your uh, Kevon Lee and Keziah Holmes, I mean Kevon Lee was the guy last year, and he played well, mm-hmm. and he and he and he ran yeah, hard. He um, but keeping five guys happy, Tom, it's not going to happen. You can't do it. You can't split reps for five guys uh, throughout the course of a season. I mean, if it's me, I make a decision. I make a decision soon of who my running backs are going to be, and I go from there. If one or two guys want to transfer, then so be it. But again, you can't play games trying to trying to give five running backs carries and get five running backs reps just to keep guys happy. Yeah, and James Franklin has said he doesn't believe in the one running back bell cow kind of mentality. Granted, guys named like Saquon Barkley, they only come around once in a generation. So nothing against this core right now. That guy just isn't there. So nothing wrong with that. Okay, so that's running back. What do you think about wide receiver? Yeah, look, obviously, Jihad Dotson, Parker Washington, they can play anywhere you want on the field on the offensive side of the ball, and they can have success. You want to put them at the Z, the X, you want to put them in the slot, they'll, they'll be able to find ways to get open and make plays for you. The issue is finding number three. Right, Keandre Lambert Smith, will he be a solid three this year? He's done some good things last year um, when called upon. Um, but I just I don't think there's guys behind those two at the wide receiver spot that you can depend on. Right. There's a lot of uncertainty. Daniel George is a ton of talent. He hasn't been able to put it all together. Cam Sullivan Brown has battled injuries for the past few seasons for uh, the past few seasons. I think you rely on Dalton and Washington. And then you rely on your tight ends, Brendan Strange and Theo Johnson. And I'm not sure if Mike Yurch is just going to want to use a, a ton of two tight end sets and, formation, and formations, but I think you try to rely on the experience of those guys as best as you can. Create plays for them. Create formations for them. Um, change it up. You know, Add a lot of dressing to, to your plays. Um, you know, We did it in 2012 with Kyle Carter and Jesse James, who were both freshmen at the time. Right. We'd line them up all over the field. We'd spread them out. We'd bring them in. A lot of motions, a lot of shifts. Carter ended up having over 400 year, or 400 receiving yards that year. And I think Jesse James had uh, just under 300. If you can get that type of production out of your tight ends this year, Tom, that's massive for this offense. And it creates so much more opportunities for Jihad Dotson and Parker Washington. Yeah, that that seems like a nice core um, early. The thoughts out of camp from uh, wide receivers coach Taylor Stubblefield is that he likes the progress he's seen from Cam Sullivan Brown. So I wouldn't be shocked if you see him there at number three um, after obviously Parker Washington and Jahan Dotson. It's all about finding that opposite split end right now. Um, and even Taylor Stubblefield was singing the praises of Keandre Lambert Smith and saying that. He looks like he's got all the athletic ability in the world. It's just about making that mental leap. And then I am hearing from our friends at Blue White Illustrated some discussion about Malik Mega, who is the biggest guy in the wide receiver room. But again, it comes back to you don't know what you're getting in terms of ability just because he's not seen a lot of actual time or any time for that matter. So three, four and five on the depth chart still being battled for. But I think the law firm of Lambert Smith and Sullivan Brown is probably what you're going to see rotating in at three and four. Um, And it's just a matter of how camp progresses and hopefully everybody stays healthy. Um, So that's the offensive side of the ball. Let's flip to the defensive side, defensive back, a couple of positions you feel 
are pretty solidified, but uh, there's a couple battles, especially at uh, the next safety spot uh, aside uh, from Jaquan Brisker, excuse me, and defensive back who is going to be kind of the third guy after you've got um, Tariq Castro Fields and then Joey Porter Jr. Yeah, um, you're right. I think it is pretty much solidified there in the back and except for one of the safety positions rule. I mean, you're pretty solid uh, with that cornerback position with 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 Porter Jr. and Tree Castro Fields. It's, again, it's huge that Castro Fields has been back, you know, for another year at Penn State, a guy that's played a lot of football, a veteran. Um, and Joey Porter Jr., you know, what he showed last year was uh, was uh, was some was some great football, man. It really was, dude. Uh, you know, uh, this secondary, you know, obviously struggled with the explosive plays last year. Just just have to find a way to limit those, right? Keep everything in front of you, play in front of you, get depth if you have to. But you know, again, you, you can't afford to, to give up the pass plays and, and struggle with tackling the way that they mm-hmm. did last year. Yeah. Um, especially at the safety spot. A lot of the discussion has been uh, Jonathan Sutherland, who's been a longtime contributor in the special teams unit, Keaton Ellis, uh, Jair Brown, Tyler Rudolph, um, Sebastian Constantini got a significant amount of playing time last year. And there's a lot of depth, but there's also a lot of youth um, at that uh, position specifically. So it seems like, again, we, I feel like we're repeating ourselves with a lot of this stuff, but it's like, yeah, like yeah. there's talented guys. They've just got to get into regular season play so we can see what they're all about. It's about finding the right combination too, for a lot of that stuff, you know, as well, Tom, like guys you're going to bring in, if you're playing a nickel package or a dime package, where's this guy more comfortable? You know, where does he fit in for us here defensively? And, you know, fortunately there's going to be some growing pains there, man. Um, but hopefully you can figure it out in a hurry. Yeah. Um, so I want to keep things on the defensive side of the ball for uh, a story that was more of a headline than anything. Um, Brandon Smith, one of the great linebackers on this team, announced that he is signed with Rock Nation Sports as his representation. Um, Matt, this is by far the biggest name image likeness development for Penn State since the legislation passed in Pennsylvania. Um, I want to revisit our debate a little bit from last week. First of all, what was your reaction to seeing this news for Brandon Smith? Oh, it's awesome. You know what I mean, right? It kind of puts Penn State on the map, uh, you know, nationally, right? It puts them in the national spotlight here where, uh, you know, you can say they're competing with, you know, the Alabamas, Texas, USC, Oklahoma, Florida. You know what I mean? It just, it, it gives them a lot of recognition in this field right now, even after James Franklin had said they were going to use it for recruiting purposes, Tom. And, you know, you may think that, you know, that's, he, he should be using it, but he's not going to have to use it as a tool. Right. He's smart enough to know that he's making it look like he's not focused on it because it's doing it all by itself. Right. He doesn't have to promote it. Money talks, Tom, signing with companies that are recognized all over the country and all over the world. It speaks for itself. Recruits see this. Their families see it. You know, I hate it, but (laughs) recruiting now is becoming, you know, hey, where can I get paid? Where can I sign with Rock Nation? Where can my brand become the biggest? I think the days of trying to play for a certain head coach or trying to play for a coordinator that fits your skill as a player, um, I think those days are gone, right? It's becoming so much of a business now. It's becoming this business that I think it's always been in the fans' eyes, but never in the players' eyes. Yeah, and you know, it, there's been a lot of developments in terms of players speaking out, players getting their voices heard, or at least just trying to stand up for themselves. And we've seen that a variety of times. Uh, the Northwestern team a number of years ago tried to bring legislation forward. And frankly, I was surprised that this was 
Brandon Smith. And, and again, it's nothing against Brandon. He's a very talented outside linebacker. He's somebody that former Penn State linebacker Matt Millen and Big Ten Network voice Matt Millen has spoken very highly of, thinks Brandon Smith is going to make a, a jump this year and that he's the guy out of that linebacker core. Were you surprised that wasn't a, a story like we, that we would see with uh, Jahan Dotson or Jaquan Brisker? Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you just don't know. Maybe they're looking for a certain guy. You got to remember, he plays a linebacker position at Penn State. Penn State is considered linebacker you, right? I mean, so uh, how much of that, you know, gets brought into this process? You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if he goes out there and balls out and has a fantastic year, <laughs> you know, then it's worth it. And then it's, then it's paid off for Rock Nation and Brandon Smith, man. But, uh, but it's getting him a ton of recognition. Again, it's getting him known across the country. You know, again, recruits are seeing everybody's seen it, man. Um, I think now that something like this has happened at Penn State, you know, it's going to have that snowball effect, right? We're going to see more and more guys signing with, you know, with big time companies, big time agencies, big time sponsorships. So it's only a matter of time at Penn State for this to happen. Yeah. And and listen, good for Brandon Smith. I I personally am a huge fan of NIL, as we talked about last time. I've seen examples like Arizona State's quarterback, uh, Jaden Daniels. He signed uh, sponsorship deals with a lot of local businesses where they're just making sure that he's got food. And, and that sounds ludicrous to say, Matt, but how many athletes have we seen in different sports, especially at the collegiate level, say, yeah, I went to bed hungry and, and just trying to make sure that these guys are taken care of when they're done practice. Not that the teams don't, but it's small stuff like that. And, and one of the best examples I saw was at BYU, uh, a company called Built Bar is paying the full ride for 36 players on the football team. So as much as I understand your fear of like, is the heart of college football going to get rocked by this? There's a lot of good that's coming out of this. And I've yet to see an example of some guy, you know, quote unquote, going Hollywood with this whole thing. Right. Well, that's using the NIL for a good thing, right? With what they're doing mm-hmm. at BYU. Those are walk-ons, man. Give them some money. <laughs> yeah, they deserve uh, it. I was going to say, you, know, you live that. Yeah. You wonder, like, you wonder how that's going to change the recruiting process as well. Because let's say, you know, you're deciding if you want to go to like UTEP or, you know what I'm saying, so, somewhere like that. But BYU like, is hey, beautiful this time of year. You got to go. Hey, <laughs> I'm just saying, man, but BYU's like, hey, come play for us, man. If you want to yeah. walk on, your, your school is still paid for, right? I think that's fantastic. That just makes you feel wanted, you know, yeah. as a football player. Time Because as much as people want to tell you that walk-ons are treated the same as scholarship players, they aren't. Trust me, they aren't. But no, that's awesome, dude. And I've always thought, like, they should help the families out in some way as well, man. Right? You know what I mean? Mm. Help families with travel, uh, hotels. You know, things like that. So if they want to use the NIL for that way, um, I think that's awesome, too. Yeah, I'm personally a big fan of uh, they don't cover football anymore. But the show Last Chance You on Netflix, you see how important this is to kids just trying to make it so they can take care of themselves and take care of their families. So it can be bigger than the sport. And oftentimes it absolutely is. So I'm really excited to see that. So, okay, so you were you were a walk on. You were five seasons at Penn State. Blue Sky. If you had NIL back then, who would have been the first company that you'd want sponsoring Matt McGloin? Oh, my gosh. I, I wish you like Sam Adams would call. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome, man. It'd be like, hey, Matt, we want to sponsor you. I'd be like, just pay me in beer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd have, personally, I'd have gone Waffle House. I had so oh, many experiences go, yeah. with WWE driving up and down the roads. Anybody that knows the wrestling business knows Waffle House is the place to eat at four o'clock in the morning in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so personally, I, I got to get one of those arm sleeves of, uh, of Waffle House. So that's me. But no, seriously, like if you could have gotten like like a state college area business, like uh, yeah. I, I would have gone to Are You Hungry? 
for instance, because I was there yeah, all the that's time. Great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, man. I mean, obviously, there's you know a ton of great spots downtown. That's one of the cool things about Penn State too. There's always new places popping up, new restaurants, new shops, things like that. Man, Bill Pickles Tap Room would have been a great sponsor. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Could have saved a lot of money. Yep. Absolutely, man. Yeah. No, man. I like, I, you know, anybody, you know, that would want to sponsor a player or, you know, get involved in the NIL and help out Penn State. I think that'd be fantastic for these, for these players, man. And I think too, that's, you know, that's very beneficial to both parties, Tom. You know, if you're using it that way, you're using it to help local businesses and, and kind of keeping it in the Penn State family. You know, that's awesome, man. Just kind of, you know, supporting the players. Yeah. So hopefully we see more and more of those things. Uh, So far, everything sounds like it's going about as we expected through training camp. Uh, The position battles uh, remaining kind of the same where they are. A couple of guys separating themselves in a few spots. So uh, thankfully, uh, a relatively quiet week in terms of the headlines for Penn State football, which I'm always happy about. Um, But one thing that did pop up on social media is actually with somebody who doesn't even play for Penn State anymore. Um, Former Penn State quarterback and now the starter for the Kentucky Wildcats, Will Levis. uh, He went viral this past week. He ate a whole browned, unpeeled banana uh, while just oddly staring directly in the camera for about 60 seconds. And he posted on social media. What what in the world? I mean, do you have any reaction or thoughts on this? <laughs> I, I, that would never even cross my mind to, right? to eat, eat a banana with a peel on it, man. Look, he, he's you know he's got a strong arm, man. Um, you know he's a tough runner. He's but... got a strong arm. It's the it's one of the weirdest viral videos I've seen recently. I mean, <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm get I'm getting to what I'm gonna say. He's got a strong arm. He's a, he's a tough runner, man. But he's not. I don't think he's gonna go viral for his play on the field this year. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah, like your transition a, there. Very nice. He's a good athlete, but I just, I didn't see it out of him last year playing the quarterback position at Penn State. And I don't, I just didn't, don't see him playing at a high level this year. Um, you know, he had every opportunity last year to be the guy at Penn State and just couldn't get it done. Uh, so, but hey, man, the way social media is now, man, good for him. Yeah. And seriously, he's got a starting gig in the SEC. So good for him. Kentucky usually has some great athletes and uh, they beat us. uh, God, what was that bowl game? I went to it down in Orlando, Florida. Was it the Camping World Bowl? That was heartbreaking. So Kentucky's got uh, some interesting history with the Nittany Lions. But yeah, best of luck to Will Levis and do us all a favor. Don't ever post anything like that again because I don't (laughs) want to see it. It's disgusting. Um, So yeah, a lot to look forward to. Can you believe two weeks until the season starts. We're recording this on uh, August the 19th. Uh, this airs on the 23rd. Two weeks. Yeah. How excited are you? No, you got to think now. Now's the time to start prepping for Wisconsin, right? You, you, you know, slowing down in terms of tr- what you're doing in training camp, starting to focus now on week one, starting to take care of your body a little more uh, than you did at the beginning of training camp, man. You know, got to dial in. You got to trim the fat, man. You know, again, figure out what you're good at. Start putting a game plan together. You know, it's time to focus here right now, man. So I'm excited. Um, again, I love the fact that the Big Ten is opening up um, with a Big Ten opponent, like you know, Penn State, Wisconsin, Indiana, Iowa, man, Illinois, Nebraska. I think that's just awesome. But man, yeah, it's it, 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 it's exciting time right now. Yeah. It really, really is. You can feel it, man. You know, you can feel it. 
we're almost there. And uh, we here at Pater might have some big things cooking for once the uh, the regular season gets started. So more to come on that. I'm not going to let any cats out of the bag right now, but we're pretty excited about it. So, uh, Matt, thank you for joining me as always. And we hope to see and hear and whatever all you people listening uh, next week on Pater. Thanks a lot. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Chews Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support. The new Superbeats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL.